Well, now, James, they've changed the regulations concerning the air boxes and the wings, and yet you're still extremely fast. How do you do it? Big balls. And welcome back to another hot lap, another race preview, another race preview. We're talking Singapore, we're talking tyres, we're talking where were Mercedes, we're talking Lewis Hamilton, Jensen Button, but above all else, I will be talking with Alex. Ah, that sounded like, that. I don't know, that you were excited, excited to hear my voice. Oh, I always am, and you know, without, without you, I'd just be... I, it, the podcast would just be one crazy round. No, no, don't say it. Don't Without say you. it. That. Yeah, you, you complete me. You complete me. Ah, uh, I don't know what to say. Um, I'll tell you what. How about we scrap this podcast and can just go on our honeymoon <sighs> to Japan? Where would we go? We'd go to Japan. Yes, yes. Where? Um, I mean, before we get in the race review, yes or no? Does Sebastian Vettel, in your opinion, yes. have a chance? Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Well, um, find out why as uh, we are about to start our uh, very exciting race review for the Singapore Grand Prix. Singapore Grand Prix, what did you think? Right, so if we build up to the race weekend, um, we'd done the podcast on Friday, hadn't we? Uh, Yeah, it was Friday, yeah. And we'd already had the first session gone. Yes, and it was looking like another, it was almost looking like, it's a bit closer, but it's another Mercedes 1-2, didn't it? Yeah, we we wanted a good race, mm-hmm. we were hoping for a good race, because we felt that the track in general was quite is a quite poor track, it's not that exciting, so we wanted a good race. We did. In case the listeners hadn't listened to our previous podcast, that's what we wanted. Yep. Um, things started to look a bit strange come the second practice. Strange, uh, yes. In, in regards to positioning of the Red Bull and Ferrari, mm. namely, uh, that were topping the times. Yes. Um, then we got to qualifying. Uh, Free practice three. Again, Red Bull and Ferrari topping the times. Um, my initial thought was, what are, what are Mercedes doing here? There's, there's, there's qualifying, you know, it will be the whole... All of a sudden, they'll just be at the top. And then we come to qualifying. Poor effort by Mercedes. And then, of course, the question, I suppose, which we'll... don't know, should we get to it now? About... Or should we complete what we think about the Grand Prix? I'm thinking, do we talk about Mercedes Mercedes now? Well, I, th- I, think get we, it out I, th- yeah, I think we kind of have to, really. Um, because everyone thought, including you and me and Sebastian Vettel that even with practice three, they were sandbanging on purpose. Because you and I said it was something uh, Red Bull have done in the past. They're sandbagging, they're six, seventh, they're like on the out, you know, inside the top ten, but in the low numbers. And then come qualifying, you, you think, oh, I'm gonna, it's going to be an exciting race. And then suddenly Vettel pulls a second ahead of everyone. And Mark Webb is about, you know, three, four tenths behind Vettel. 
And that's it for qualifying. I thought it was going to be one of them. Yeah, apart from the fact that Mark Webber doesn't race in Formula 1 anymore. No, no, but back in the Red Bull days, though. Oh, back yeah, in the Red Bull days. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Right, it was yeah, like, sorry, you know, yeah, when they sandbagged, you yeah, thought, yeah. maybe, and then they, and then normally, come the first few laps of qualifying, you just knew uh, it was going to be yeah. a boring race weekend. Yeah. But... Um, so what's the speculation? So, so there's two uh, bits of speculation that have come out of, uh, sort of, I think just before the race. Yep. Uh, number one was that Ferrari have bought a vastly improved car, um, to the point of it can now challenge Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And number two was that the recent change in PSI tire pressures, have led to Mercedes basically not getting what they want in regards to PSI and kind of not being able to get the heat in the tyres which they want and need, um, thus affecting their overall performance. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think Japan will show, and I could be very much wrong come, and, come uh, well, 2 o'clock this morning, I think, uh, uh, British time anyway, uh, at the first practice session. But I think I think you're absolutely right, Alex. I think... Um, the Ferrari have improved, and I think the Mercedes, whatever happened, it was the soft tyres that they were struggling most with, the super soft, the, the red ones, the softer tyres. They couldn't get the tyres to work, even though both drivers were happy with the balance of the car. And I think it was a result of Ferrari being absolutely spot on, Mercedes struggling, and, and, and all together with that type of a circuit. I, I do expect um, Mercedes to be the fastest car in the dry in Japan. Um I think you know. I th- I don't think it'll go back to normal. I think Ferrari have definitely closed up. We saw that in Monza qualifying. Uh, regrettably, in Monza, uh, in Monza, the actual race, um, they couldn't turn that qualifying pace into race pace. Could they? Yeah, yeah. But, but they they pretty much seemed to do that at Singapore, and obviously, you know, Vettel uh, did have a lot a lot of speed in that car. The reason why I think um, Mercedes seemed to struggle because Williams were kind of on a twisty circuit. I thought all Mercedes engine cars were struggling, which they were at first. But when you think about it, Williams were probably about where they'd probably they'd kind of be, really. Bearing in mind, this is quite a twisty circuit and that car does not like Hungary, Monaco and arguably Singapore. Yeah. So, yeah, Mercedes. I certainly don't think. Yep. Carry on, Alex. It's got anything to do with the engine, though, has it? Let's be honest. No, uh, the the engine. It's got nothing. The engine. The engine is the engine, and it will work on um, the likes of Hungary, where it's short and twisty, and it will work on high-powered circuits like Monza. Um, so it's all down to chassis and tyres. Yeah, and interesting you say that because Peter Windsor had. I was watching his uh, one of his YouTube videos where he discusses the race. He seemed to have a theory that the Mercedes was creating too much, funny enough, too much downforce for those soft tyres, and it pushed them outside the operating window because they said that the chassis is very, very strong. Um, okay. Yeah, and and the tyres, the sidewalls and stuff that he he theorised couldn't actually take the load that Mercedes was the Mercedes car was able to do. Um, you know, in those in some of those fast corners at Singapore, um, where Ferrari basically had that sweet spot on on the tyres, and and uh, we won't really know at all, I think, until the first couple of practice sessions in, in Japan. But um, as obviously you know, the F1 circus has flown to Japan. It's uh, one of you know one one of the big questions that everyone's asking. Um. Yeah, I, well, I don't mean, think uh, anyone really particular. I don't think anyone knows. No. Um. Uh, but I get. I. I. I think that this weekend we're going to a fairly quick track. 
Um, it's like a spa, really, isn't it? It's, it's like a spa. The temperatures come down a lot more. Uh, and, you, you know, we don't have that humid uh, weather that we'll get that we've got in Singapore. And I think if we're seeing or if we start to see, let, let, let's be honest, right? And, and it sounds awful. Sorry, Red Bull fans. Um, I'm going to knock Red Bull out of the equation because that Red Bull is not consistent. And I don't, and given it's Renault and the Suzuka track, I don't expect that to be in the same position as it was in Singapore. No, I think, no, the, the only way we'll do it is if we get a bizarre wet weather yeah. qualifying scenario. Cause, Which supposedly is forecast. Yes, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, it, it is forecast. Um, uh, I still think, though, that Mercedes, at the moment, if I, was, if, I, if I had to bet the house, I'd still bet them on having the fastest car. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, same here. Um, same here. But yeah, but I, but without doubt, Ferrari have got a lot closer, especially with their new engine. They've got that new fuel they use. I think starting starting it started at Monza. They have got closer, and I think it's. I still I still think it's a case of Mercedes need to mess up to lose the championship. Yeah, they still yep. have it under control. However, Ferrari seems to be in a position now to put Mercedes under under the kind of pressure where. Um, all it takes is two or three races of silly strategicals or, or panic, and suddenly Vettel is within one win, within twenty-five points of Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. So um, I think I'm not gonna. I yeah, I'm not going to be able to say what I think was the reason behind Mercedes' downfall in Singapore, but I will be able to tell you come the end of FP two. Uh, tomorrow and tell you I reckon we'll have a better idea. If they're back up the top there and they're half a second quicker, I think we could safely say that the track didn't suit the Mercedes. Yeah. If we see Ferrari topping it again, then I'm going to say it might be something to do with the PSI pressures. It, it, it may well be, but um, I can't see that I can't see that happening for too many races in a row. I mean, it's something that Mercedes have to, if that is the case, get on top of. And I think, bearing in mind, it's only a week between these races. You can not, not quite forgive them, but you can almost understand if it is the PSI pressure and they need to change something fundamental on the car for you, yeah. you know um, the next race. Uh, I don't think a week because is, is enough time for understanding understanding that problem. So I think you know I, th- I think in what in a funny way. This race is is again a very good chance for Ferrari because now now Mercedes are, are destabilised, uh, you know, in, in Japan. But Ferrari did a fantastic job. Uh, it has to be given in 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 Singapore. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's no, te- you know, Vettel was the master, and you saw that in qualifying. As much as I know you don't like him, no, but um, it was the old Vettel from Red Bull. When he has, when he has. A good car that's underneath them with a with a, I think a stable back end like the Red Bull with you know the rear the, the blown diffuser mm-hmm. yeah had right I think he's very very good when he's when he's when he's confident and comfortable with the he, car he's the best I wouldn't say he's uh, see I'm not <laughs> I can't say I don't think he's the best driver but um but, but that's not that's an argument for, for another, he's one of the best I mean this this he's guy better is, than Fernando Alonso oh no I don't think so I th- I think you put Alonso or Hamilton in the same car and they'll beat him mm. but. Uh, that's could, could you say? Could you say that Sebastian Vettel makes better business decisions than Fernando Alonso? Uh, uh, on, on Thursday, the twenty fourth of September, two thousand fifteen, there is an overwhelming amount of evidence to say yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. No, ab- absolutely. I mean, we've seen it in the past, and it's happened with Hamilton, though. Where Vettel, 
does seem to get rattled. But then again, Lewis has done that as well on on the track. And and when someone's behind, when someone's catching up with Vettel, he seems to make a few mistakes. And I'm still not a hundred percent confident in Vettel um, in terms of if even if he started tenth or eleventh. I used to, I, do, I can't guarantee even in one of the a good car he'd he'd win a race where Michael Schumacher in a Ferrari that good probably would have done you know mm. uh, you know I'm not, I was never a massive fan of him on the track Michael Schumacher lovely person outside apparently but yeah um, and I think Vettel is still missing some of that race car because I mean when you when you look back um, I can't remember I can't remember too many wins where he's had to come from behind and uh, I've always said this and, and dig really deep where he's had to overtake three or four people or for example Hungry 98 where Schumacher had to make up a pit stop on, on basically two very fast McLarens he somehow managed to do it on a three stop race and, be, and beat them all and yeah. I, I, I haven't really seen any scenarios where Vettel has had to do has had to do that um, but the jury's still out though, Alex, you know, it's, you know, he's still young. He still has probably, the, you know, another, you know, he's probably only halfway through his career. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, as I say, if we take the Mercedes, I'll wait until FP2 and then we'll see what's going to, uh, whether or not Singapore was a one-off. Yeah. But it, it may not be um, because we've got, it's not really similar to Singapore, but I think the next most similar track to Singapore, maybe for example, I'm trying to think. Uh, 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 I don't know what Mexico is like. Um, uh, Abu Dhabi as well. Very similar climate. N- not too dissimilar to Singapore. I'd say probably. I'd probably. Go... Or, or would you say Mexico? Singapore... I'm, trying, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Mexico is very quick, isn't it? It is. It is. Mexico is very quick. So I'm thinking. You've got. See, what's the what's the track that's going to be most likely? Russia, maybe. Russia or or uh, Brazil. Ah, uh, yes, that will be an interesting one, the Brazil. But then um, by then it's a bit too late anyway. Yes, yes, it will be. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. Uh, everyone's, everyone, I, I think everyone's getting very excited that we have uh, potentially Ferrari in this championship now. Um, yeah. And I think at Japan we'll get an answer. I think, um, and they have to, I think Ferrari have to really now risk everything to try and beat Mercedes. Uh, yeah. They, they, I mean, look, he's still... He's over two wins behind. He's pretty much two wins behind, give or take. He's got nothing. Vettel, Ferrari don't have anything to lose. They're going to finish second in the championship. If they start doing bizarre strategies, you know, that that may be a bit risky, but could win them the race. That's exactly what I'll be doing with uh, that's uh, with Ferrari. Because I, th- I think, you know, they, they do have nothing to lose, which, funnily enough, makes them a lot more dangerous. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so so better one, fantastic. Uh, he did a good job, but it was no different. Good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, well it, was, it was very. I, th- good. I think he did a bit more than a good job, but go on. It was for me. It was no different though to his Red Bull days. He had the fastest car. He led from the front. He got, you know, he got out of the DRS zone, mm-hmm. um, and it all seemed. I'm not saying very easy to to him, but it all seemed very much like we're watching, you know, 2013, 2012, 12 Vettel. Um, but what I will say he did very I, I, I did appreciate he, he did quite well was uh Very well, go on. The second stint. We know we knew that, that Ferrari's tyres were gonna go off before the Red Bulls. That's mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, um but and unfortunately the way the safety cars played out, it really it did help Vettel because at the end of the first stint, before the first, um his tyres were starting to fail and suddenly Ricardo was catching him two, three tenths a lap. Um you know, uh and, of, and the safety cars did work in Vettel's favour. But what he did very well then is, is um, during the middle period of the race, he was purposely not not leaning on the tyres too much and going a bit slower 
than he could do, which which made Danny Ricardo was constantly about nine, eight, you know, eight, nine tenths behind him. Couldn't pass him. And then probably about five, six laps from their predicted pit stops, he put the hammer down and ended up opening a three, four second lead because he had protected those tyres. And I think that decision uh, was absolutely fantastic. I think I think Vettel ultimately would have won the race um, with or without those safety cars. But I do think Ricardo, towards the end of the race, would have given him a run for the money had it not been for the safety cars. Mm. I think Vettel had it in hand all the time. Yeah, I think he did. I, I, I think I yeah I'm I think he did. Uh, yeah. That Ferrari was the fastest car around there, and the only way Red Bull would have got close to him would have been uh, would have been I think at the t- towards the end of the stints. Uh, so yeah, we'll never know though. I mean, Kimi Räikkönen third. Now, would you be disappointed that Kimi Räikkönen is should he have finished second? Bear in mind that Ferrari ultimately was the fastest package, the fastest car in Singapore. No. Why? Because um, he's just not as good as Vettel. Okay, fair enough. Sorry to say. That's all right. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, we all like we all like Kimmy. He's a fan favourite. I think you're right. Um, I, I do have a question though. Would the Kimmy Raikkonen that won at Ferrari in 2007 and was at McLaren the previous years, would he be a lot closer to Vettel? Do you think, or, or do you think he's always been the same? Do you think he's lost a bit of speed? Mm. Do you know what I? Do you know? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe people have just got a bit better. <laughs> you never know. Fair enough. Yeah. Or 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 he just. Let's be honest. He's he's always said he struggled with the new sort of line of cars, hasn't he? Yes. Compared with the old days. So and you know it, it can take. He may never ever get properly used to. Um, the current technology used in, you know, for braking or whatever. You saw him spin at Silverstone. It's just a, you know, he still potentially struggles with the car. And that's why I'd never put him down as a race winner because I think there are people out there who are far used to better, to the, to the technology that's used nowadays. Okay. okay. And I think maybe, you know, back in the day, yeah, he certainly, you know, he's world champion. He he did what he needed to do in a car that he was comfortable in. I don't think he's as comfortable in uh, the current state of Formula One, hence why he can't win a race. It's funny that you mentioned the last time he won a world championship because it was almost a very similar scenario to what we have now. We thought it was going to be between Alonso and Hamilton in 2007 and then... McLaren started having their issues, you know, three quarters of the way through the season. And it was Kimi Räikkönen at the last race that came in and essentially stole it from him. And and that scenario is not too, is not too unrealistic. I think something similar could happen with Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Um, Nico Rosberg, he finished fourth, uh, on the sixth on the grid, kind of maybe about where you thought Mercedes would really be, uh, given, given, you know, qualifying and everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing really to say much on him, is there? No. He sort of led a fairly uneventful race, didn't really do anything in particular. Um, just got well, and at the end of the day, he's he got the best he could out of the car, um, and he's bagged himself some points. Not enough, obviously, because he would have preferred 25. But yeah, on um, the day he... that Lewis Hamilton didn't finish, absolutely. Mm. Mm. I mean, those Mercedes in the middle stint, they um, ended up using that uh, they used once again the uh harder the the harder of the two tires um mm. and ferrari had used obviously the softer again and the interesting thing is 
Um, Mercedes were all poised, if they had the race gone to plan, to use the soft tyres at the end. And I think where Lewis was, he was faster than Rosberg. Lewis, I think, did have uh, a punchier chance at Kimi Raikkonen's podium position. He seemed to think he was going to win the race. I don't think the Mercedes was fast enough to win that race. But I do think, bearing in mind he was faster than Nico and he was, he was in between you know, Raikkonen and Rosberg, I do think Hamilton may, come the end of the race on those faster tyres, have a chance at, pa- at passing Kimi. We'll never yeah. know, though. No. Um, Valtteri Bottas fifth once again about where you really expect Red but not Red Bull I mean Williams to be you know given that well you uh, say that but you, you just don't know each race what what do you expect well to be behind Mercedes you know I've always expected Williams to be behind Mercedes and Ferrari but kind of fighting uh, with Red Bull so really anything between you know obviously we have retirements here normally anything between 6th to 10th um, mm. especially on a track like this uh Japan might be a bit different because it's a bit more open like Spa, but we didn't see anything particularly special from from Williams's pace anyway um, in Spa. From what, I can't remember whether they might finish on the podium. Can't remember now, but there wasn't anything special in Spa in terms of their their pace wasn't amazing from what I remember. No, well they're up and down. You could never. You'll probably find that uh, the next race Spa. You'll probably find I don't know hitting the podium. And then we go on to Circuit of America or something, and they're back down the. You know, it's literally like a roller coaster with them. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Daniel Kvyat uh, on fourth on the grid, sixth in the race. Yeah. He will be disappointed with that, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I, and I think Red Bull probably expected maybe a second and third or a second and fourth or something like that. Mm. No, absolutely. I mean, Sergio Perez seventh once again, solid, but you know, uh, nothing, nothing amazing. But. Um, we we have kind of almost slagged him off in the past. Max Verstappen eighth, uh, a lap down, last. It does show never give up in Formula One. He did he he did have quite a race. Yeah, with the help of a safety car, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, help of safety cars. Uh, yeah. He, what I did he know, think? Really of, I mean, to... I mean, he got asked to let. Carlos Sainz, for whatever reason, the Red Bull Taurus said let Carlos Sainz pass. Uh, I think because they felt he had a better chance maybe at finish, beating Sergio Perez because they all finished within about you know two seconds of each other. Um, yeah, and he went, and he went no on the, on the radio, which I thought was quite he did. Funny. He was he was quite passionate about doing that, and supposedly Red Bull are happy with his uh, um, disobeying of the team orders. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of the consensus was he did the right thing. There's, you know, they don't really know why the team orders were like that. However, you can't, you cannot ignore your team says to do that. You say no, and then uh, ultimately, and then ultimately, the team boss is like, yeah, I'm fine with that, even though we told them to move over. Uh, uh, no punishment coming. That I mean, a bit of a petulant kid, really, isn't it? The way, he, yeah. the way he said no. He was going to be my man of the race, but. Uh, I can't give him that because that really annoyed me. Uh, you know, I, I would have much rather him just not say anything on the radio rather than mm. go, no, and throwing your toys out of the pram. But there you go. Yeah. Well, it's it's a bit different because, you know, we've always heard team radio, especially with Ricardo and Kvyat in uh, Monaco, Monaco yeah. where they just sorted themselves out and did what they need to do. And then you get this, basically, a, a teenager coming along and sort of, I suppose people would just say, he's a typical stubborn teenager who doesn't like being told what to do. No, exa- no, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it does show. Yeah, I want to race. I want. I want to win, which is which is absolutely fan- You know, which which is very very credible. But 
uh, I think that would have raised the eyes of a few people in F1, uh, rightly or wrongly. Um, uh, you know, um, and we will we we will see. Uh, I mean, Max, he's not the first person to really really impress and draw Rosso, and then go into a second year and suddenly be very average. And I hope that doesn't happen with him. But once again, he's he's really really overhyped. He is very very fast. He is in the Toro Rosso, which some people have even said. The, the chassis seems to work is potentially better than the actual Red Bull. I don't know how true that is. I don't think it is. But some some people have uh, mentioned that. Um, mm. Some people say McLaren have got the second best chassis, but there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, but there you go. Uh, I mean, Carlos signs ninth. Felipe and Nazar in the Sauber. Good job there. Tenth. Marcus Ericsson eleventh. Pastor Maldonado. Oh yes, Pastor Maldonado twelfth. Roman mm. Grosjean thirteenth. Uh, oh, hold on. Why are we skipping over him? Do you, uh, not, do you not want to talk about it a bit? He, he's, he's, um, you know, he hit your team. Well, yeah, but Jensen Button kind of drove into him. Okay. However, when you look at uh, when you look at the few corners before, um, he basically almost shoved Jensen Button off the road by his like aggressive driving, and uh, you know, ultimately causing that causing that him to go off. And he went off, came back on the circuit, and he was very very slow. And Jensen Button went to the back of him. Now. If you're an insurance man, yes, it was probably Jensen Button's fault. But, once again, an incident with Pastor Maldonado. Jensen called him crazy. I should have expected that anyway, or something, he said. Or he's mental, uh, I think he probably yeah. said over the radio. Once again, an incident with Pastor Maldonado. It is not, it's, not, it's not a coincidence. And, you know, it all, this all stemmed from when the safety car came out. Will Stevens and Alexander Rossi had not unlapped themselves. And they were within... I mean, like, I, th- I think Rossi was uh, in front of Raikkonen, who was third, and, and Will Stevens was, was in there as well. It was absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but there you go. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, Pastor Maldonado, once again, what are you doing in F1? I really hope you're not back next year, but my hopes are not being answered. There you go. Okay. You? Uh, we'll discuss that one when in the news, <laughs> won't we? Yeah, Roman Grosjean. For, uh, 13th, 14th and 15th for both the managers. Jensen Button retired, a gearbox problem. Alonso retired, gearbox problem. Lewis Hamilton retired, his pedal didn't work, essentially. Um, but, I mean, there was some theory that the Metro underneath kind of like uh, messed up with the sensors. I don't know how. It was, it, I heard it was some real cheap clip or something. Oh, oh, there you go. Wasn't it? Something that was really cheap and shouldn't have failed, but it, yeah. Oh dear, that's embarrassing. Um, uh, Felipe Massa and Nico Hulkenberg. Obviously, Felipe, Ma- um, Felipe Massa was coming out of the pits. Nico Hulkenberg dro- kind of drove across him. Hulkenberg, the way he was, probably wouldn't have seen him in that corner. But at the end of the day, uh, Felipe Massa was on the inside of the corner. Hulkenberg uh, got a three-place grid penalty for Japan. I thought that was a bit harsh. I figured racing, probably Hulkenberg's fault, but a racing incident nonetheless. I would have gone with racing incident. Hmm. You got two people potentially fighting for the same corner, and to some extent, both side by side. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I would, and I, and it sounds awful, but isn't it not sort of the same principle when it comes to joining a motorway? Who's got the right of way? You, yeah, you, you know, you're right. You say that, but this is a race. I know, I know, it's a race. I know um, it's a race. And, but part of me would say, well, you're coming out of the pit lane, so you've got to be wary that you're joining a racetrack. You are. Uh, the frustrating thing for me, though, is looking at it, that incident, I can't help but feel, though, that even if ne- if Nico Hulkenberg had given him the space, he had so much more momentum, he would have got him into the corner anyway. 
Yeah, you know, it would have come out on top. It was yeah, but ultimately it destroyed both their races. But I think you're right. Um, I definitely, I agree. Definitely a racing incident, and I think it's wrong to punish anyone for that. Yes, I wouldn't have. Done, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, a bit silly, really. Um, yeah. So who is your who is your driver of the race? Uh, Vettel. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Vettel. But um, really, if we ever did have a man of the race, I would have to say not not Vettel. James, uh, James Ellison, the designer for the Ferrari, and what, oh, right. and what he's done for and what he's done for that and what he's done for that team. Just oh, like God. I said in Singapore when they won in Singapore, you know. Yeah. And Singapore was on pace. Hungary was Mercedes pretty much tripping over themselves. Let's yeah. be honest. But this race once again was on pace. Um, Michael Schumacher, I think, did he win three? I think he won three races in his first Ferrari season, didn't he? Three or four, I forgot now. He won Spain. He won Monza. I'm not sure what other ones he won. He, I'm sure he won another one, though. Another one or two. But, mm. um, but, but yeah, I, I know of that, obviously. And, and obviously, uh, <laughs> all those comparisons with Hamilton and Senna, and Vettel ends up beating Senna's record. Well, Hamilton yeah. didn't didn't match it, which I thought was a kind, of, which I thought was kind of ironic. But hey ho, um, obviously Hamilton's got got the chance again in Japan, and I think Vettel's got a slight chance in Japan as well to extend that. Mm. Um, Interesting. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That's that's man of the race, uh, etc. Now, do do you want to preview the Japanese Grand Prix, or should we talk news first, Alex? Um, let's let's get Japan out of the way. Okay. So the Japanese Grand Prix, as it's a. Uh, there you go. It's gone really dark in my room now. The lights decided to turn off for Harry my tortoise. Um, oh. And, yes, it's pitch black other than the really bright monitor. So there you go. Okay. Um, other than that, uh, other than Harry my tortoise starring, starring in the hot lap. James got... is still with us. That's the dedication you've that still is, got with us, fans. That, that is that is dedication. The Japanese Grand Prix. Um, 53 laps. First first race, 1987. I think you and I were about six years old then. We were. Um, circuit distance is 5.807 kilometres. The race lap record, I will give you a clue, it was in 2005. Oh. See, first is the, I was going to say Michael, but I'm probably going to guess not. So I'd say... Uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Montoya. No. No. 2005. Alonso. No. Is it a McLaren? Yes. Hamilton. No. No, the Hamilton wasn't around until 2007. Oh, uh, I don't. Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, right. Okay. The old Ferrari man. Oh, right. Yeah, Japan produces around 60% of the world's animated shows. Um, and at 21.3 million, the number of pets in Japan outnumbers the number of children. Amazing. Japan's bullet train reaches a speed of 320 kilometers per hour. There you go. Most wins by driver. Talk to me. Who is it? Is it Vettel? No, he's second with four. There's one driver with six. Six? Uh, it's not going to be Senna. No. Um, the other one, well, is it going to be Michael? Yes. Yeah. Michael Schumacher. I mean, this place is very much like Spa. It's one of the. It's when you look at a driver's top five tracks, 
You yeah. normally get your you get your Spartan, Monaco, your Silverstones, and Suzuka. I mean, there there seems to be ones that are consistently in the drivers' top fives, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and probably Monza as well. They they seem to like. Uh, um, most wins by team. Who is the most successful team? McLaren. Yes, nine. Uh, Ferrari have seven wins here, and Red Bull have four, courtesy of Sebastian Vettel. Um, mm. Don't so. There we go. So, I mean, we, we've kind of spoken about, about we're going to have, you know, the answer to the big question, Mercedes. Are they going to be, are they going to be fast here? Um, and uh, funny enough, a lot of it will, I think, depend on the weather. One thing I will say, though, is I don't know if this is still true, but the hotter it is, the night, the happier the Ferrari seem to be. Yeah. Yeah. And Japan, uh, I, w- I can't see it being nowhere near as hot, even... As Singapore, unless it is an especially nice day, mm. um, which, which which means I, I think um, it's which is which should potentially help Mercedes. But the minute it starts to if the minute it starts to rain, it's almost anyone's. I mean, we know Vettel's not. He, you know, he's, he's no slouch in the wet. He's won races in the wet. His first win was in the wet. And Monza. We know he can drive in the wet. We know Hamilton's good in the wet. Nico Rosberg maybe not so much as Vettel and. Um, and Hamilton, and I think Honda. Oh, Honda! I mean, that McLaren needs a, needs a, at their home track a fantastic weekend, which they're not going to get. I think unless it pisses it down with rain. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, at the moment we're both saying we kind of fully expect Mercedes to be on probably on pace, but uh, you know, um, if if it, oh, that's what I'd bet if I was a betting man, I probably I'm not as confident. As I was saying that, as I would have been about two or three races ago, though. Mm. Uh, I'm just having a quick article come up. Alonso expects Mercedes slump to remain a mystery. Let me just quickly read it. So it says, Fernando Alonso says, the reasons for Mercedes slump in performance in Singapore will be a mystery that may never be solved as Pirelli on Thursday moved to further dispel talk of a conspiracy. Um... Uh... He is confident, this is Alonso, that it will prove to be a one-off and Mercedes will be back on form in Japan. I think I will be surprised if this Singapore performance will, will be the normal performance of Mercedes. So Alonso expects them to be smack bang at it. I th- but I think most people kind of do. But I think some people are kind of hoping that even if they are smack bang at it, the Ferrari has improved uh, enough for us to have an interesting race. Yeah, in the dry even. Yeah, because um, yeah, uh, it was wet here last year. Obviously, when uh, unfortunately George Bianchi ended up having that crash that ultimately um, lost his, you know, lost his life this year. Uh, yeah, but it was wet, and I think Rosberg got the pole. Uh, um, Hamilton ended up uh, naturally. Uh, we, 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 I believe, a, a better driver in the wet and passed him. Um, and the Mercedes were quite dominant here in the wet as well. But bearing in mind, but, it's a different, it's a diff, you know, different year. Different engine for Ferrari, completely different chassis. Yeah, and we ha- we I'm trying to think. We haven't have we actually had a almost 100 percent wet race this year. I don't think we have. Uh, um, no, probably not. No, Silverstone rained at the end. Yeah, but we've had we've had threats of rain, plenty of threats of rain, but no, um, we haven't had uh, a wet race, have we? No, Hungary wasn't. No. No, I, no, you're right. I don't think there has been. No, um, no. 
but when I seem to think of Japan, I always think wet. Well, yeah. Um, I don't no, know why I think that. I, no. I mean, obviously, I've, I've watched a couple of um, Japanese, old Japanese races. Um, 1994. 94 was one. Didn't the accident between Senna and Berger happen on a drying track? It may well have done. Uh, it may well have done. I think in 1988, oh. it's, it, it rained a tiny bit as well. Yeah. Uh, but not enough for them to pit for different tyres. No. Um, um, Fuji, we're thinking of as well in Japan. Uh, James Hunt won in the wet. Lewis Hamilton won that one race in the wet in 2007. Yeah. Um, uh, in 2005, they had to stop with the qualifying session because, I think, because of the rain. And it had to, be, it had to happen on the morning, didn't it? And we had that really bizarre race where Raikkonen passed Fisichella on the last lap of the race. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But it, it kind of it's a bit like Spa in the sense that it, you know the weather there. You, you never really know what it's going to do, or you know, or the Nurburgring. Yeah. Um, would you I like expect... it? Would you like it to rain for the yes. race? Yeah. Okay. Well, we've always said that because it just spices things up a bit, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I don't think it'll be. An, I don't think it'll be a bad race in the dry this weekend. I think it always produces some pretty decent racing. Yeah, it does, and I mean, I mean, when Vettel knows his way around here, obviously with the, with those four with those four wins, courtesy of uh, you know the the lovely Red Bull team. And, I mean, obviously we've never we've never driven this circuit in real life, but <coughs> it's not a bad circuit. Uh, I, do you enjoy driving it? I do. It's for, it's 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 nice, flowy. It you know it's not slow, is it? It's it the slowest is the hairpin. Um, and the chicane, but but generally it just flows quite nicely. You're sort of going through medium speed corners, and I think that's also why the drivers like it. Yeah, I do. My worst corner is turn nine, the second Degna, before before the uh, tunnel. Or yeah, the, yeah. The bridge. That corner, I never get right. I can never really be happy with that. I'll either go off, go too wide. That's really messy for me. Mm. But yeah, Mine, uh, mine's and, coming yeah. onto the back straight. Spoon. Yeah, I'd seem to get. Either too slow or too, or I'm just too quick and run wide on that one. Yeah, it's kind of like like Luffield or like the first couple of corners in Zolder, uh, which we've done recently. Project Cars. Um, then I do it, and I never seem to have a consistent line there. If you drew a map, you know, like, had like a, a, a exact GPS tracker to the nearest centimeter, you'd probably see a you know over the lap fifty three laps, you'd probably see forty different lines I've taken. Mm. Um. So, but but there we go. Predictions, Alex. Predictions, yes. Uh, so we'll just have a quick rundown from Singapore. Uh, no one got any points. Really? Yes. Is that? I think that's the first time none of us get any points. Yeah. But then look how random it was. Yeah, true. Um, so even our random uh, prediction of where will the McLaren finish... Um, we didn't even get any points for that because no McLaren's finished. No, it was looking potentially good at one point. But yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so no one got any points. So was, yeah, we'll uh, move on to that one and decide what we're going to do. So uh, I'll, I'll go first this time because I okay. think you went first last yep. time. So let's go with, despite Singapore, 
I'm going to go with Hamilton first, Rosberg second, Vettel third. Oh, you are playing it safe. You're playing it safe. Uh, yeah, and um, fastest lap, I'm going to say Rosberg. Ooh, okay. Okay, I am going to go with Hamilton. Uh, Vettel second. And... Uh, I'm going to say probably Rosberg third. So same podium, different okay. order. Yeah. Uh, fastest lap Hamilton. Okay. Um, and uh, best place McLaren. Uh, I'm going to say fifth. Why? Because it's going to be a wet race and things are going to happen. All right. Okay. Um, I I reckon I. Well, it doesn't matter really. I'd go. I'm going to say. I'm going to say eleventh. Oh, that's harsh. One position out of the points. Yes, I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. There, there, there are predictions for the 2015 uh, Japanese Grand Prix. So. News and there, there seems to be. Um, how many weeks have we said there's not really much news despite there being a race? There's a lot of news now. There is uh, news coming out every single day <laughs> and multiple. Yeah. Where do we start? Where do we start? It's been so a week. it's all Shocking. within, it's all, yeah. Our last podcast was a week ago. So uh, let's me scroll back and look through the information. So I suppose the first thing we probably need to touch on really is um, Jensen Button. Well, this is the thing. I mean, everyone thought he was going to retire at Singapore. I, yeah. I kind of, I was in the vain, I had a vain hope that he wasn't going to, because I've been, uh, and funny enough, this is one of the few things we've agreed on, McLaren needs Jensen Button for next year, or maybe more so than Button needs McLaren um, for, for next year. It makes sense. But yeah, but, and he said all these things, didn't he, in Singapore, that, I'm, you know, I, do I enjoy F1? He questioned that and everything else. Um, and then we come to Suzuka, and it's it, what he's saying is almost it's almost done a one eighty. I don't know how you feel about it, but have you read the press conference from Thursday? I, I've read some quotes from the press conference yeah. from Thursday. Button in good talks with McLaren, yes, on, and that's on the BBC website. And they they very and it, 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 it nearly ha, they very rarely do rumours. It has to be like almost seventy five percent fact for them to print anything like that. Mm. Okay, so let let's start off right in Singapore. Jensen Button said a couple of significant things, which I think the press picked up on and decided let's run with the story that Jensen Button is leaving F1. Yeah. Number one was, um, I don't enjoy racing anymore. Yeah. In Formula One. Yeah. That was the first thing. Um, and, and that was highlighted the fact that he basically is basically saying, if he doesn't finish on the podium or can't challenge for a win, he's not interested. Yes. So people thought, or, or Pete, the press have decided to run with that sort of story of, well, if he doesn't like F1 anymore, why is he in it? Well, yeah, that's the consensus I had. I thought he knows more than us. Clearly, he doesn't think another year at Honda is going to be very fruitful. That's no. what I thought. Yeah, so that's the first part. And then the second part was that in an interview with Paul DeResta, I think, for Sky, yep. he came across as very much of the whole... Um, I am. I feel sad that I'm potentially 
he, he yeah it's like he wants to leave on his own accord and there was every indication that he's looking to retire mm-hmm. and that, um, that was a view shared by Ted Kravitz and Croft as well that was it and then and then finally I suppose number three which I didn't think was that McLaren have got some serious money problems going by the fact that they are not to get much TV revenue from uh, finishing second to last or or third to last something like that yes um, and they're paying Jensen Button a hell of a lot of money um, of which they could easily make a saving by getting rid of him and bringing in uh, Van Dorn or Magnussen for a fraction of the cost I'm going to sound like a start record because it's interesting you say that by you paying Jensen Button you do pay him a lot of money however I think Button and Alonso is your best hope in getting any kind of title or big sponsor than mm. Vendelno Magnussen on the, on the you know on the other side of the coin. Yeah. So those are the three things which I think the press have sort of gone on with in Singapore and we've sort of come to the Japanese Grand Prix home of Honda um going off the back of those comments thinking we've not got a decision and Jensen seems to indicate there won't be any decision anytime soon. Um, the press are picking at him to basically get something out of him. He's not going to do it. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon Jensen will announce it, or do you reckon McLaren will go with a "This is our driver lineup"? And I think, which... I think if Jensen's retiring, they will let Jensen announce it. If they're hiring, if they if he's at another year at McLaren, they will announce it. That's what that's okay. what I think the fairest way to do it is. Okay. And what do you reckon that? Bearing in mind this is obviously hearsay about what Jensen's saying, what do you reckon would be the discussion between Jensen and McLaren? It could be money, is one thing. Um, yeah. I don't think Jensen's a money grabber as such, as, uh, as you know some other potential drivers, but um, uh, I think he, 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 uh, he's definitely a man that would like to get paid what, he's, what he believes he's, he's worth, you know. Um, yeah. It could also be, uh, and I was actually discussing with my mum, funnily enough, um, it could also be, he's 35. I mean, Schumacher retired, um, what, 37, 38, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I think the first time. Came back when he was 40. If He said he loves F1. He's also said it'll be McLaren or nowhere. Part of me wonders, he knows that McLaren need him for next year. I think. Right? He thinks, okay. And... I almost wonder, and it's just me, I've got no evidence, Alex, as such, I almost wonder if he's saying to them, I want a two-year deal guaranteed. If he wants to stay in it. Because nothing will be worse than having another average to medical year at best with Honda than for 2017 to hit, and that suddenly they have a race-winning car. Yeah. After all that years, I don't know. It's just a theory I have in my head, which I don't think, which I don't think's the case, but I don't think it's a, uh, but I don't, it's, you know, I don't think... That is definitely it, but uh, there's a chance. I mean, I don't know what you think after I've said that. I think he's gone. Okay, but then why? The frustrating thing is, it's Japan. You're partnered with Honda for the Japanese Grand Prix. If you have a driver lineup, sign it and do it, McLaren, because you just look like amateurs. This is sounding. This is sounding very deja vu to a conversation we had. Uh, ongoing last year with their inability to announce driver lineups and keep everyone waiting. Yeah, but it makes them. It, it, but it makes the team look bad by doing that, doesn't it? Yeah. When the when you know, and I can understand the silly season stuff. But if if Jensen's going, the team will know by now whether he's going or not. 
I think. Yeah. Which is the why, way I look at yeah. it is the way I look at it is they can't pull their finger out. Well, yeah, but the obvious thing is I think you go for Van Dorn. Van Dorn. Mm. Um, otherwise, what, what, okay. So, yeah. so a, a typical example, I suppose, or we'll cover it potentially in a minute, is um, Red Bull want uh, a Ferrari engine. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's conditions with that, of which at the moment they're obviously in a long, long discussion about how they're going to work their way around it. And that's understandable because at the moment they are not in a contract with each other. So they want to get themselves into a contract. Yes. Jensen Button is in a contract with McLaren. McLaren either want Jensen or they don't. If they don't want him, then Jensen immediately says, right, okay, that's fine. I'm going to announce my retirement, end of. And then you can sort out your driver lineup at another time, another day. But I'm saying I'm getting out of here now, end of. Yeah. Yep. If they're saying that they do want Jensen, then just bloody say it. Yeah, this, yeah, and it's yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I mean, Ron Dennis said at the British Grand Prix, our drivers next year will be Alonso and Button. He said that, did yes, he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. So, so which makes me wonder whether it, it is Jensen retiring. But it's all really, really silly. But then, uh, didn't hasn't Ron said a lot of things like we don't need sponsors and everything like that? Yet McLaren are in money trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're in money trouble to the same degree as Lotus, but I do think they've got to watch their budget now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, arguably, as all teams have done, but um, and you know, Honda. I, I'm sure Honda, with the engine and, and the budget Honda have, may well help McLaren uh, through that. Bearing in mind that part of it might be Honda's <laughs> part of their budgetary reasons, going is because of the Honda engine. Ironically enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm not too concerned about the McLaren budget. Uh, Unless, and I've mentioned it before, this time next year we're having the same conversation. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I see that. That, but that's why I don't think Jensen's going to is get is retiring a hundred percent. Maybe I, I, I am in the minority. I still think he'll be there next year because otherwise, as you said, they would have announced it at Japan. You know, he's big in Japan. It's the Japanese Grand Prix. It doesn't make sense to not announce it. Um, and then you put Van Dorn in there, who who seems on paper, potentially, to be more talented than Magnussen. I could be mm. wrong, Alex. Because um, the other concern is, unless you do have a long-term option, contract option on him, he'll go to another team next year. Mm. I know I know you're a Jensen fan, right? And I'm not, I'm not having an opinion about any of this. I'm just asking as a question. So we've seen with Toro Rosso that bringing in youngsters yep. like Verstappen and Carlos Sainz Jr. Um, can work. It can. Um, it, worked, it worked with Hamilton. And it worked with Hamilton, to some extent. <laughs> um, and with, obviously, Red Bull and bringing in Kivit, putting Kvyat, you know, and all those kind of things, Ricardo, etc. Yeah. Do you think that if McLaren brought in someone like Van Dorn, that all of a sudden he would give Fernando Alonso a run for their money and in a potentially have a better driver than Jensen. No, don't get me wrong. I know Jensen's got plenty of experience. I understand that. But bringing yeah. in someone fresh to the point of that they can sit there and they don't necessarily need the the technical know-how, but just want a fast driver, a bit like Verstappen, that can go out, pull it out of the bag, um, whilst Jensen's sort of, well, you know, you can always rely on Jensen, the old dog, you know, that kind of thing. I know, and he's 35. He's like, well, pretty, you know, a year older than you and I. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and they need a bit of fresh blood in there just to, I don't know, give the team a bit of 
something a bit fresh. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean, and I think you make a really. I think you make a really good point. Um, the uh, and I, I, I think there's every chance that Van Dorn could give Alonso a run for his money at some of the races. Maybe not all. Um, mm-hmm. but the the big but is if you forget about the sponsors thing, which I mentioned, is Jensen is a known quantity. Um, next year is going to be another building year. Do they want a known quantity or do they want to risk it on a, on on a, on a fast charger? But once again, as you're saying, it will be refreshing with the team. Um, the only the biggest minus point about a fast charger is they want to go fast, and whereas Alonso, someone of Alonso and Jensen's experience, which which they can play on, is they are the argument is they know what a good and bad car feels like. Um, they will know a lot. They will have. I imagine a lot better communication with the engineers on where the, on where the car is, which I think Honda and McLaren need a need a lot more a, a, a lot more. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm still of the view that if Button wanted to stay at McLaren, he would stay at McLaren next year. I think you know if he wants to retire, he retire. I think the future is in Button's hands and not McLaren. Okay. Um, and and if Button decides to leave, I think it's going to um, be Van Dorn. You think it's Van Dorn? Yeah, Magnussen, I mean, let's be honest, right? Magnussen, he, I know it's harsh. He does deserve another shot. But at McLaren, he had his chance. I can't see, Magna, I can't see Magnussen batching or beating Alonso consistently and, and, be, you know, and, being, and being very, very good. He's solid. Um, Van Dorn is more of an unknown quantity. But the way he's dominated GP2, he has looked really... You can't deny he's looked quite impressive. Yeah. And the last time someone dominated GP2... And won the championship, uh, ended up going to McLaren and nearly won the championship in his rookie year, and that was obviously Lewis Hamilton. Now, um, you know, so I, I, th- I think you know, if if you're not going to have Button or, or or another experienced but very good driver, which they're not going to get, because I think, um, you know, uh, with, with Button out of the equation, what other experienced driver options are there? None now at the moment. Maybe Roman Grosjean, but I can't. He doesn't really scream McLaren to me. Uh, no. So I think I think you have to go with Van Dorn. Okay. I mean, what do you think? If Jensen Button wasn't there, uh, who would you Van think? Dorn. Okay, oh, well, there you go. You decided a lot quicker than I did. So, there you, you know, there you go. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. So, speaking of Grosjean, yes. um, we're no further forward, I think, with Grosjean announcing his uh, impending uh, signing to Haas. No. Um, uh, with Gutierrez, which is uh, another one of those, or just just flipping make up your mind, just just... You know, it's not some big secret. We pretty much know it's going to happen. Um, what do you reckon? Lotus will go and Manal- Maldonado's uh, due to his talents has re-signed to Lotus again. <laughs> yeah, but 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 look at when that press release was. That it wasn't before. It wasn't on the Thursday of the Japanese Grand Prix. It wasn't on the Sunday just after the race. It was everyone's packed up. Everyone's going. By the way, Maldonado next year Lotus. That's yeah. what it sounded like. Didn't don't it? tell anyone because we're <laughs> embarrassed. That's, yeah, don't you think? That's the feeling I got from that. Yeah, um, yeah. He's obviously signed for them. Um, uh, what do we say? Shit. Pardon my language. Um, no, it, not very good. Uh, bad, bad, bad. Do you know what though? Yeah. And, and I've said it in a podcast before. Um, I feel sorry for Lotus because. They've got money problems, and they have to have him there in order to stay afloat. And I and I feel because I think they'd all quite happily chuck him tomorrow because of the reputation he's got and the fact that I don't. It sounds awful. I don't. 
they're one team that I don't have any particular feelings for because they employ him. Yes. Because they employ a driver who's basically paid to be there, got nothing against paid drivers, but he is rubbish and he's got a goodish car underneath him and he's still rubbish. I mean, you look at Pedro Diniz, he wasn't particularly great. Arguably, Maldonado was faster than him. He definitely cost the team, he definitely cost any team he was in a lot less money than Maldonado did. but, But he was... But but with Pedro Pedro Diniz, he was didn't have a reputation as being a, a crap driver. He's just was well. He's just a paid driver. He was just a bit slow. Yeah. Maldonado has a reputation, and that reputation unfortunately tarnishes Lotus. Yeah. Um, Especially when they decide to re-sign him again. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's an awful as it may sound. If we go on a game where we pick Lotus as as a car to drive. I will refuse to ever pick Maldonado, whilst all the other teams, I honestly don't care who I am. I would not pick. I would not pick Maldonado. I mean, you know, I think I think uh, I've even used it as a verb now. Maldonaring, Maldonadoed someone or whatever. You know what I mean when you crashed them. Yeah, it's it, it, it is ridiculous, and it's been ongoing since his Williams days. And the problem is. Alex, where someone like Roman Grosjean, who we, you know, we, we could have been slagging off as, you know, three, four, four or five years ago, he ended up improving a lot. But Maldonado appears to be the same driver as when he entered Formula One, and yeah. nothing learnt. No, and and every every race he does something. Pretty much every single race he does something which winds people up, or he, you know, it, that's that's Maldonado. Um, well, the, uh, the, the concern, the concern for one concern for me is, and I, I don't, I'm not going to trivialise it, tri- tri- trivialise it. But say Alex, he ends up, we have a big accident which Maldonado blatantly causes, and someone gets quite injured. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of questions then by the media, and F1's going to get slagged off, and hopefully it will never happen. To, for example, I know we're talking about something that not happened, but. Why is this driver in F1? Why didn't you kick him out? And then they'll look at all the other previous incidents, hitting Lewis on purpose, for, mm. you know, um, and all the other things. And he and he's the kind of driver, the dangerous driver that could cause an accident, which which is clearly a, which could be unavoid, you know, avoidable with any other driver, but but him. Yeah. And 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 unfortunately, hurt someone because ultimately these cars are doing like at Suzuka 130R, you know, like. 190 plus you know going into going into that corner if, you, if you're going to do something stupid to somebody else there's a there is a chance that you could seriously hurt them yeah and uh, uh, i sort of feel a bit bad sort of slagging off someone to some extent like we kind of do but what i what i will say is we are certainly not the only ones and you quite happily watch certainly i don't watch bbc but certainly watch sky and they will quite happily uh, diss Maldonado on television. So, yeah, it's got to a point where it's it, they they laugh, don't they? Yeah. And, and, and I think even at some of the, uh, I'm sure even at some of the the um, contract announcements, a lot of journalists uh, their stories were very tongue in cheek with Maldonado resigning yeah. for Lotus. Yeah. So um, that's kind of Lotus. Um, given that we uh, expect Grosjean to go to Haas. Uh, are we both of the opinion that uh, Palmer's got the drive? I'd like to think so. I would like to think Palmer has got the drive. It would make sense. Um, and, I th- and I think Palmer needs to, if he has a drive in 2016, be consistently better than Maldonado. I, yes. I, think, I think that that is the minimum for him. The only, the only thing that worries me a tiny bit is, say Van Dorn signs for McLaren, 
I would not be a hundred percent. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if they somehow sneaked Kevin Magnussen in there. Uh, One did say he's going to try and get him a drive. Yeah, well, again, moving on slightly, uh, Perez confirmed uh, to be uh, with the Hulk for Force India again, which was announced uh, yesterday. Yes. Um, Wednesday. So the sort of, you could say, sister team for Mercedes or sister team for McLaren, either way, whatever way you want to look at it, could put another driver in there. Um and th- there's no places for uh, any team. So the only positions we've got left are Lotus mm-hmm. to confirm one of their driver lineup and Haas to confirm both their drivers. Uh, that is pretty... And, yeah, and then McLaren, and that's it. And McLaren. So... Oh, and Red Bull to confirm whether they are in F1 next year. And Toro Rosso. And Toro Rosso. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, certain, well, yeah, which... That's going to be a bit of a shocker. But um, so places are limited. Um, oh, and we've potentially still got one place up at Manor because I think Will Stevens has confirmed that he's driving there next year, but we don't know who the other one will be. No, we don't. Um, I, mean, I mean, quickly talking about Red Bull, um, the, the big rumour at Singapore was VW, Volkswagen, are going to, potentially going to buy the team. It won't be next year. They won't have a they won't have an Audi engine for 2016. Maybe if they're lucky, 2017. I think if it does happen, it will be a slow process, and we'll see the first Audi F1 team or whatever in 2018 if that did happen. Yeah, um, it's not only not going to happen in the next couple of years, is it? No, I mean they might well buy the team, but keep it Red Bull and Ferrari, mm. and then and then and then obviously you have that 2018 changeover, kind of similar to a British American Racing buying two or 98. Mm. It was I a wonder... lot quicker than 99 actually becoming British American Racing. Yeah, be interesting to see if they develop an engine uh, which cheats the system. Or Audi, uh, VW, VW. Yeah, well, well, VW they own Audi, don't they? Uh, they do. Um, and I think I think it will be Audi and not VW. Because Audi's seen as a sports, almost like Mercedes and BMW kind of type, um, uh, levels, aren't they? Rather, rather yeah. than BMW, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and I think because Audi also, uh, when you look at Le Mans, very experienced in making hybrid engines. True, true. Um, and and where better than Formula One to obviously you know you know do that and and be successful, um, mm. which is obviously something that Honda's not. Unfortunately, and it's a shame because the, with these current engine rules, do you remember the days when we used to have a Honda special Suzuka engine? Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen, really, is it? No, no, no. And interestingly, in terms of Renault, whether they are in it next year, I cannot see now Renault using any of their tokens up this year. Uh, they've well, still got loads left, haven't all of them, they? They haven't used one. I think they're still scratching their heads to work out what they can do, and I think we're getting to the point now where it's just getting a bit late on in the season to start pushing forward and throwing money at something when you basically realise you're not going to be catching Ferrari or or Mercedes. No, uh, no, I think you've got to concentrate, kind of like what Ferrari did ultimately on 2016. Yes. And look at what... And look, I mean, you just need to look at the transformation that Ferrari made in, in the space of, you know, from uh, Abu Dhabi, the last race, to Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. But they got, I, th- I think that's all the major news. We, yes, um, I think that's pretty much it. We've covered drivers, um, we've covered the sort of engine scenario thing again. Um, 
what I will say mm-hmm. is, I have to bring it up. Bear with me. We had a question. Oh, we did, didn't we? From one of our listeners, Stu, uh, who asked the question. Let me see if I can find it because I need to be reminded of his exact wordings to us. Uh, boys, do you think Hamilton is better than Schumacher? I don't think he's fit to clean Schumacher's car, but what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts, Alex? Um, oh, it's a difficult one. Um, how many titles has Lewis won? Uh, two. And how many years has he been in there? Uh, it's 2007. Interesting. Mm. How many titles Schumacher won? It's seven, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And he'd got seven by 2004. Four. And he started in 92. Yeah. So he's going to, potentially, he's going to beat Lewis, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, anyway, about, titles. It's uh, not about titles. And that answers the question. <laughs> True. But... There's Schumacher no, really should have won. Well, we, he he should have won six titles. He hit Damon Hill in 1994. I mean, the, my big problem with Schumacher has been what uh, I thought the world skipped 1994. Did, well, I, I know you did. I know we went did. from 93 to suddenly 95, well, and then 96, and then suddenly 97 seemed to sort of God came along and destroyed 97, and then we were back into the 1998. <laughs> Which is exactly why I could never say Schumacher is the best driver, because of some of the things he's supposedly done, and I think there's too many coincidences there. I think he's one of the most talented drivers up there. I think he's up there in the realms of, obviously, Senna, uh, Prost, um, Jim Clark, Fangio. You definitely can say his name in the same breath. I think it's too Bertrand Gasho. Bertrand, yeah, yeah, uh, Delatraz. Um, yeah. I think, what is Delatraz doing? Uh, as my walker said, I think that was the Nürburgring. Um, I think it's too early to tell whether Lewis Hamilton is going to be, uh, a, you know, a, a, a legend in, in, the, in those terms. Um, I don't think... Uh, but, but, but there you go. I mean, it, Lewis Hamilton is definitely, definitely a massive F1 brand, um, much to the, sometimes the detriment of Lewis Hamilton, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think we won't know, really, for another four or five years. If this Mercedes dominance happens, goes on for another three or four years, he could very easily win five world championships. I mean, he could, you know, he could. I could just see him being a Vettel uh, and basically winning the next three championships if Mercedes are as good this year as they are the next couple of few years. Um, so I guess we'll have to, we'll, we will have to see. Uh, I don't think we can, I don't think we can answer it. Uh, that's not the answer you want. I know, I don't, but there you go. Sorry, Stu. So, oh, so we're going with you're going with a. I can't answer that because we are now um, seven years into his career and we're still not sure, or you're still not sure if he's uh, better than Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when they were both racing together, he was better. Lewis Hamilton was faster. Mm. He wasn't a better car though. So, okay, but but Schumacher. Was about as fast as Rosberg. Hamilton is better than Rosberg. Mm. And where do you think Hamilton exceeds? Uh, I think. Well, he's very. He's he's does have similar traits to Michael Schumacher in terms mm. of. Don't think so. Go on. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no. In terms of, um, he can, and this is something Vettel hasn't hasn't done, which I mentioned earlier. He he does 
he's very good at passing. He can do those moves where you think, you know, uh, can he really pull it off? However, equally, uh, and possibly more so than Schumacher at the moment, you know, I think um, he goes for the gaps more, I think, than Schumacher did and pulls him off. But because of that, he'll end up... He'll end up he, as every possibility of ending up looking a bit silly. If you remember Hungary, for example, um, yeah. a couple of times where he made silly, silly mistakes, but then he's done some amazing moves as, moves as well. But he yeah. can, he can dig deep and win a race. I mean, Hockenheim, that one, you know, I mentioned that one, that, that one year when he had to come, but he had to pass four or five people again to, uh, to win. You know, he has done those, those types of performances that Michael Schumacher has done. But as mm. I said, I don't think we, we can really say until, until his, until his career is over. But at the moment, he's not up. I mean, I think we're talking with Schumacher because his career's over. We can talk with Schumacher in those same breaths, as I said, as Senna. He's mentioned with Alan Prost, uh, Nicky yeah. Nauda, people like that. Hamilton, I think I think he will be one day, but I think it's too early to tell. Okay. So there you have it, Stu. Uh, James says, Didn't yes, Didn't uh, Michael then. Schumacher is better than uh, Oh, no, Hamilton. I never, no, I never, no, I never. Mo- moving on. Uh, oh, oh. Moving on, Jean-Marie Delatraz, uh, one one for the fans. Um, just just to sort of quickly go over Jean-Marie uh, Delatraz, he was a Formula One, basically a, pay, a, a driver who came into Formula One uh, between 94 and 95 with a bit of money. Yes. Uh, only entered three races uh, and he was driving for LaRousse and Pacific. Um You'll love some of these quotes. Jonathan Palmer. Uh, Delatraz really here having no business in Formula One and demonstrating <laughs> it. Um, we've then got a comment from the Pacific principal of the Pacific Formula One team who said, Keith Wiggins, principal of Pacific team, stated, quote, on ability alone, we are not willing to keep him at our team anymore, end quote. Do you, do, you, do you think these are the same quotes that should be given with Maldonado as well? Yeah. Um, the slow qualifying speeds of the likes of Jean-Marie uh, Delatras resulted in the introduction of the 107% rule. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to be proud of. <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. You're, the, yeah. You're, you're the reason for the 107% rule. How do yeah. you feel? Yeah. Mm. Um, we need to. We have to try and get Delatraz on the podcast. That That'd would be, be lovely. His son, be... his son Louis Delatraz, won the Swiss Karting Championship in 2009 and 11 before moving to Formula BMW in 2012 and Formula Renault in 2013 and 14. So it's not impossible that we could see a Delatraz in F1 again. No, you never know. No. Um. So, yeah, there you have it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about that. He was the 107 percent rule. But there you go. Mm. There you go. Uh, having said that, arguably a safer driver. Bear in mind, slower than Maldonado. Yes. Yeah. Um, are you slower? But oh, here we go. So um, uh, <laughs> during qualifying, Delatraz qualified in 25th position ahead of Simtex, Domenico. Uh, I, I'm not sure how you spell that. Schiattarella. However, Scatterella overtook him during the first lap of the Grand Prix and Delatraz gradually dropped back from the rest of the field. He retired on lap 57 with gearbox failure after he had already been lapped 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's not a case of him having a problem, is it? That's genuinely no. being lapped. He was lapping the circuit six seconds slower than the leaders, two seconds slower than his teammate, 
uh, high uh, Hideki Noda and one to two seconds slower than the next slowest driver, Schiattarella. He was described by Jonathan Palmer as having no business in Formula One. Brilliant. Well, <laughs> there you go. There's your lovely fact of the day, people, on uh, Jean <laughs> Denis. Oh, Jean Denis. I think I was saying Don Marie. Jean Denis Delatraz. Uh, the, the show just peaked. Um, yeah. So. Uh... Before we go, from, from Delatraz to games. Project Cars has released a patch. Formula One. 2015 has released a patch. Bear in mind that Formula 1 2015 is a patch to fix the game. It's not a patch that they promised to update anything in the cars. All the cars still look the same, Alex. Yeah, ran, ran over. Uh, project Cars. Um, uh, well, we, it's not really huge much to say on that, on the um, the patch, is there? No. Um We've done some more racing on that one. We've still found a few bugs. Um, I found more it... funny enough, it, I mean, for both of us, it's crashed. Uh, it's crashed a number of times for me recently. Uh, kicked me out of the game completely. Um, what else have we got? Um, qualified kicked, kicked first. Out of the game. We're, we're in a lobby. You were the leader of the lobby. It kicked you out. And then you couldn't find that same lobby again. And then everyone got yes. kicked out of the lobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've also had the problem where I've qualified first at Zolda in a GT car, um, returned to the pit box, um, waited for the countdown, and then subsequently started the race in 10th. Um, so, uh, PSI tyres, 10 players, good penalty, that's right, I think. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, Nine, bit of a strange one. Yeah. Um, but um, we're having some good races still. Um, and obviously the, they're still supporting the game, um, so it can only keep getting better. DLC-wise, uh, we're still waiting possibly for a DLC pack to arrive tomorrow or early part of next week, um, and we're still not sure exactly what it's going to be, but I suspect it could be some form of Aston Martin pack. Aston Martin, yes. Fingers crossed. So that, I mean, that'd be good. Um, and we've been playing a lot of GT3. They seem to be quite fun, and the people we're playing with, seemingly, when we... Sl- decide to do the slightly longer races uh on the whole you know out of the 10 drivers you normally get eight fair ones and you normally we had two, a couple of douchebags but there you go yeah yeah but it's been it's been uh yeah it's been a, a good a good couple of evenings racing uh the time's gone quick um but yeah on the whole um quite enjoying project cars at the moment yeah, me too, me too. It's de- for me, it's, it's definitely up there, I think, in terms of the amount of time I've played on it as well. It's probably one of the best racing games I've played overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, just quick, uh, moving a tiny bit to completely changing the subject, apologies. Um, we've, we did forget to mention Lotus, Roman Grosjean. Lotus have been, uh, uh, as of the, the morning, locked out of their, <laughs> of their pit garage and they were fed by Renault. Uh... Are we talking in Singapore? We're we talking Japan. Japan. Yeah, they their freight didn't arrive on time. It arrived on Thursday night. Oh, okay. Got because you. they hadn't paid um, their oh. the freight or the costs or something along those lines. So they, um, yeah, they were supposedly eating at Renault um, on Thursday night, and they've been setting up. Uh, no, not Thursday night. What day are we? We're Thursday now, Wednesday, aren't we? Wednesday. You're talking. I imagine then. Yeah. Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. All right. I see. I see. I see. Um, so yes, yeah, still money problems, I believe. Yeah, why won't Renault buy that team? But anyway, moving on. Um, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so Project Cars really, really good. I'm really loving the GT3. I, the new patch, I haven't. Other than adding the adding the map of the circuit on, on the load screen, I haven't really noticed too much about it. I know it's got a list of things it does. It's a big patch, isn't it? Um, what's this for? The patch of Project Cars. It was a massive patch. It was but... a massive patch. Yeah. Um, I think they've just tidied up things, haven't they? The yeah, it's yeah. not nothing's nothing's been overhauled to the point of we've noticed a massive overhaul in some form of feature. No, like patch three was with the with the whole tire wear, the tires you can see and wearing and stuff like that, which which is actually quite helpful. And um, somewhat frustratingly, I think both were still feel though that the rain tires wear far too quickly in certain in certain situations, even when it's raining. Yeah, um, uh, you know, compared to the slicks, which doesn't make much sense really. But there you go. Uh, and I think, I think, other than other Formula One, we haven't really played it. It's all been about Project Cars, and I imagine it will continue to be about Project Cars uh, uh, with the odd bit of F1. Yeah, they've done a patch update, haven't they? Um, we haven't tested it, but looking at the release notes, there's not a huge amount to it, is there? Um, uh, there seem to be sort of various fixes in around stupid fixes that shouldn't even been in the first game, like the fact that during a 25% race. Uh, which means you require a one-stop yeah. um, pit. Um, both teammates pit on exactly the same lap. See, that shows that it, uh, things like that show that the game wasn't tested properly. Exactly. I know you can uh, make the same argument with Project Cards, but that mm. game... Or they got lazy and thought, well, we'll release yes. it, we'll fix it at another time. And part of me... And you know what? Part of me is willing to believe that, which is quite worrying. Yeah. Hmm... Um, I don't know really what to say much about the game. I suppose if we've got any complaint, and there will be some, um, we have expressed our disappointment that the game isn't updated with performance-related updates or changes to designs of cars or um, you know wing changes, the general sort of looks of cars. Yeah, and I don't think because they've got the cars loaded on there, so they'll have they'll have the car shape etc on there. I can't see how that is a massive problem, especially performance of cars, because that essentially will be tweeting almost a database somewhere on on the cars' valleys, downforce, and etc. Wouldn't it? You know, in the corners. Yeah. Um, which, for example, you could do with Grand Prix too. Bear in mind, obviously, this is a lot more complicated. If you remember, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't. So I can't see the the performance thing is unforgivable. As you know, even more so than the graphical one, because I'd imagine that's a lot easier to do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, not really much to say on those. Um, no. next time our podcast, which will probably be next week, we should hopefully have a DLC pack maybe to talk about. Um, yeah, we'll have answers from Mercedes. Yeah, we Jensen hopefully Button. Jensen Button's maybe. future might be more secure. Um, Haas may have announced their driver lineup. They may, yeah, there they may well have been a lot of things announced after um, Japan, and hopefully we're talking about an amazing race again. It would be nice. Mm. Mm. I love you guys. I love you. I love you. I love you guys. Hopefully, we're mm. talking about a uh, McLaren Honda One Two. There you go. Then, then you wake up. Then you, then you wake up. If Alex, you, if you overslept but recorded on your Sky, yeah, right, right. You woke up and thought, "Oh, I've missed the race." You quickly turn it on and you see Jensen Button. On the top step of the podium, Alonso third. Would you mm. rewind? Would you? Would you stop 
Would you stop what you're doing and rewind the race and almost watch it live to see how the hell that happened? Um, well, yeah, especially if they started at the back. Yes, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, yes, we do, unfortunately. Uh, it's, <laughs> something's gonna ha- something very bizarre is going to have to happen for that. Very bizarre. Very strange. Yes. But then again, we did have that Monaco Grand Prix where three people finished. Uh, 96, one where Pan is one. That's true. Or the Indianapolis race where uh, only Bridgestone tyres uh, were used. Yes. Uh, yes. We can't use that excuse this time, but you never know. No, no, no you never know. But there you go. Um, so, see you guys. I guess, I guess uh, that's that's about it. So, see you guys next week. It is another another one next week. Mark Webber has food poisoning and goes beyond the call of duty. Understood. Box, box, box. I'll try and say, mate, I am, I am, I am eating in a car, but I'll see how I go.